There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. Your boy, it feels like it should again be the offseason for Nebraska football, but it really isn't because they had a big commitment, transfer commitment with O'Shawn Mathis over the weekend. Um, and so it's been a very busy time around here. Friend, uh, today I'm joined by Emery Hunt, the owner of Football Game Plan. He's a color analyst, a speaker, author. You see him on CBS Sports Line, uh, CBS Sports. Emery, how are you this morning, man? I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate you having me on. Hey man, I, I thank you for having for being on. I uh, I have been chasing you down for a while, man. I have been eager to talk to you. I'm so glad that it, it lined up around draft time because we had the NFL draft uh, here this past weekend, um, and, and there was a lot happening, right? Like like we had. Um, it, it's always an interesting event, right? Like, and I think the Vegas thing um, made it kind of interesting. I guess I want to start here. We did not talk about this beforehand, but I do want to get your quick thoughts here. What did you think about the event in general? Being in Vegas you know I thought just being in Vegas was ironic you know considering how far away these pro leagues wanted to stay away from Vegas to now we're at a point where everyone is trying to get to Vegas from (laughs) you got you know baseball uh, hockey team um, basketball is trying to get there baseball is trying to get there football is already there Um, Vegas is is a popular sports town now <laughs> right. uh, considering how things have gone on around the country so I, i'm excited for it uh, it added to the spectacle the you know i just kind of wish it was back in for selfish reasons i wish it was back at radio city music hall that's what we grew up on right. um i get moving it around but at some point getting it back to being just a simple let's talk about the, the guys that got drafted let's see the highlights and let's move on yeah, and it's interesting on that, too, because some of the ones, when they first started moving it, um, and I actually, I went to the one in Chicago, those of you listening to the show, you know I'm from Chicago, uh, and so I, I always, I was like, okay, they did it, so I'm going to go ahead and go and check that out. I thought that was really cool, but you're right, like, even, like, in the Vegas thing, it looked fine on TV, um, it looked like a good time, but you're right, like, Radio City Music Hall, like, that it, that just feels like the draft, right? You got the crazy Jets fans in there, they're booing no matter what, um, it just feels like the way that that should be, right? Right. I mean, I have I went to the one in uh, Cleveland. I went to the one in Dallas. And I was like, you know, I, after day one, it was kind of like, man, you know, I feel like this could really just be back in, in New York City um, because it just seems like it's just it has gotten too big for what it is, you know? Yeah, it it absolutely has because it just like it basically hit, and, and like most things NFL, right? It just turned into one big advertisement and TV show, um, which is like it's weird. Like consider like a draft has become that, and it's so much bigger than anyone else's draft. Um, but and so that's just another point to the NFL, and that's how that kind of always goes with them. Uh, but the first thing that you know that we always have um, a couple of segments on the show that are mainstays, and the first one is Coach Speak, where I give you guys something that a coach, player, or talking head said, and then we give you the straight up breakdown of what they meant 
coach speak to real talk. Um, and this week is going to cover a slightly different story. So it'll be ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, um, who had this to say about the Debo Samuel situation. Quote, I guess Odell Beckham Jr. is out here breaking news, saying that Debo Samuel is going to the Patriots, but I guess that was a joke. I never got the sense that the Patriots were involved, that his price tag would be too rich. But right now, the teams who are involved or that have inquired about Samuel address their needs of receiver in the draft. So this could be a long process. I'm told that Debo is dug in, still wants to be traded, but knows that this could drag out for a while so emory what did he really mean by that let's break that down um he really meant he was low-key hating on odell beckham jr (laughs) i think a lot of reporters fear that part of it you see it now with the pop-up of these athlete podcasts Mm -hmm. you know why would you you know go on someone's show you are the show and create the the content yourself so that was the first thing i heard in his statement his initials you know comment the second part teams addressing the receiver position no one address a receiver position if Debo Samuel's still out there that's the that's the guy you know you go and get him yeah you may have drafted a receiver in the first round maybe two receivers uh in the draft but if Debo Samuel wants to come to your team you make it work <laughs> you know so the Debo is still out there and so no one has really addressed the position until they get Debo Samuel because if you can give me you know, it's a whole the old saying a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That's that's this situation right here. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I want to go back to something that you said, because that's really interesting. I did not think of that about the the low key shot and the hateration that was in that statement, because you're right. Like the thing that's starting to happen, the first one when you were saying that that, that came to mind for me um, is actually in a different sport, which you're seeing with Draymond Green in his podcast and stuff that he's doing, where essentially he's given he had like, and of course he has access to then like whenever he wants, has Steph Curry on the show, right? And he's done that a couple of times. Um, and it makes it to where they don't need us so much anymore and i do think that makes people uncomfortable um that are in the profession um and you do get a lot of that like you you get some of that too where with the breaking news right whereas now you've seen either athletes go to their own social media or their own shows to break news either about themselves or about other people in the business that they know um and then you've seen kind of which a whole different situation the aaron Rodgers thing with being able to kind of cherry pick one particular show and go on that i think that those sorts of disruptions to the process and the media game, I do think is is really something to watch and something that people in our business get real nervous about real quick because I, ultimately they think they're going to be replaced. If you're doing your job, that won't happen to you. But there's my small rant on that. And the actual trade part, I'm with you. Like, it's not settled until Debo has moved somewhere, right? Like, whichever team acquires him, even if, you know, they've gone ahead and taken a wide receiver or two, like you said, they're still going to work him into the program, right? Like, and because his skill set is so unique, given what the 49ers have done with him, um, which has also kind of caused the issues that they're having, right? Um, He can fit into a lot of different situations. Um, I'm curious, though, man, this the wide receiver market right now and what's kind of happened with that and it being reset and everybody especially those second round picks right from that one class wanting to be paid has just been a fascinating subplot to this offseason to me yeah again it's going to be more of the same they see was what happened with the running back position and how folks in the media talked down on running backs to where the league they did the league's bidding you know they've Mm -hmm. driven the price down on these dudes thanks in part to People in the media saying, oh, you could take one anywhere. You can take one anywhere. No, you can't take one anywhere. Yeah, you can't take one anywhere, but you can't take special ones anywhere. Right. Um, but they've driven down that value for that position, and you're going to see them start to do the same thing 
for receivers. Notice how they never do it for quarterbacks. Right. You know, they, they need to start doing it for them uh, because no one player is that good. You need a team of guys that can play. And folks love to worry about money that's not theirs. And they can't even balance their own budget, but they could balance a salary cap and worry about a salary cap. So I feel like, it's again, it's a lot of indirect hate on guys getting paid. And I feel like that should be something that uh, receivers are – Definitely taking notice too. Hey, I'm gonna get my money now because they see the trend. Wow, are, are we gonna be paying receivers now? You, you gotta take one to draft because you can't really pay these guys. Oh, they're moving these guys, so that tells you the value of the receiver may you know it may be going down. So we're gonna we're about two more uh, big moves away from the statement coming out. Do wide receivers matter? Just like how they. <laughs> Uh, yeah. about running back. So we're about two more, you know, big moves away from that happening. It, it everything is cyclical, and mm-hmm. if you pinpoint, I mean, if you watch enough, you listen enough, you see the trend of where everything is going. You know, it's funny you say that too, because remember, um, a few years back, the tight ends, those hybrid tight ends, were getting all those big deals, right? Like that was it, man. It felt like the Jimmy Grahams of the world um, were just getting these mega deals. And but even then, and the thing that I'm always curious about, even with those moves, remember back to that time, all those tight ends had to fight to get that money anyway, because what did they have to do? They had to say, hey, um, I got to give you the breakdown of how many times you're lining me up wide versus how many times you're putting me in line, and some. Some of these wideouts, especially Debo Samuel, who we started talking out about, they had to make that same kind of an argument when it comes to, hey, listen, I had all those rushing touchdowns, but you're also lining me up as a wide receiver. But now you want to pay me as a running back after we devalued the running back. Like all of that, and it just keeps going on and on. It's just cyclical because it does move from position to position, except for we don't do this to quarterback which always is wild to me because you can look at a handful of them and say, okay, they really need to be paying this guy $32 million a year. Like if I know I say I pick on Kirk cousins all the time. I do it all the time, but like, should he really be making that much money now? Hey, props to his um, agent and to him too, for kind of playing that game. And he really set him up now years ago in Washington, when he was doing the franchise tag, then he finally got his money and all of that. And he, and of course you don't really take the pay cut, right? If you're a quarterback, your money never really comes down. It only goes up, but at some point, you've got to correct that imbalance, or I would say at some point, but it doesn't feel like NFL teams have the stomach for doing that for quarterbacks when they do it for everyone else. A lot of times in this country, we have a great, great ability of rewarding mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins is 59-59-2 as a starter. You can't get no more average than that. <laughs> and when you justify that record and people will say wins, you know, quarterback wins is not a thing. Well, it seems like the, the good ones never lose, right? Um, and so you look at that record juxtaposed to where he's getting paid. Why, why, why are we still doing this? You know, but it is what it is. I'm glad he has mastered the art of the contract. You know, he is phenomenal in that regard. Hall of Fame, you know, he, he must ace those interviews. You know, he goes <laughs> to those interviews with the team and, and just kills it. Can't, can't argue with a man like he got a method, he got a game plan, he sticks with it. And it works every time. Yeah, it has worked every time. Like he coming up aces every single time when it comes to renegotiate that deal, um, despite being extremely average. Like it's just it's funny. And I'll be curious to see if we ever get there. I doubt it. Uh, if we ever get to some sort of reform when it comes to quarterback salary. Um, 
because somebody, but you know what, what will be the thing that makes it a catalyst? If someone ever, if a team ever figures out how to put a complete group around a quarterback by spreading the money out and they win a lot by doing that, that's the way that you're going to have to do it. Otherwise, it's just always going to be like this because people are convinced that they have to have a big money quarterback to be able to win, or at least a, a big a quarterback that's on his way to big money um, that's still on that rookie contract. If you make the 52 better, the 53rd guy won't matter, you know, in terms of he, you won't put all the eggs in that one basket, like make the entire 52 better. Therefore, the 53rd guy can play within himself. You can overcome some of his rough spots and you can still have success. And if you draft well, you know, that's mm-hmm. cheap labor to use that term um, for at least three to four years. And if you consistently are able to draft well, then yeah, you could lose some free agents that you don't want to pay because you trust your scouting department to go and find the next guy. Right, absolutely. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. And that, that leads me perfectly to the next thing that I definitely want to talk about with you. Um, as we mentioned off top, the NFL draft happened this past weekend. Um, and I'm always like, it's always interesting like to, to give the snap judgment, right, of like who you think did well, who you didn't think um, did so hot. Um, and it feels like it feels like there's always a couple of teams that kind of stand out above the rest. So I'm real curious from your point of view, like, is there a team to you that you like you come out of that weekend after re looking through everything over again and saying, man, I really think they killed it this weekend yeah i'm right here in in right outside new york city and i'm gonna just hop on 95 and go from giants jets eagles baltimore just keep driving down 95 all those teams i thought did a really good job improving their team on both sides of the ball the giants and jets maximize those two top 10 picks i know people were talking about maybe they should trade out maybe one team should trade out or both should trade one pick no you got two chances at two of the top 10 players in the entire draft, why would you move? Like, that's an ideal spot. And so they were able to get great players that can help them in year one and really be those cornerstone players for the franchise moving forward. The Eagles did a great job in manipulating the board in terms of getting someone that can help them right now up front and Jordan Davis making a move to go get a day-one impact player receiver using that first-round pick to go and get a receiver albeit one that's currently in the NFL, but that's how you work the draft. You want your starters to come out of the first round, right? Well, if you get a chance to go get one, then and it costs you a first-round pick, it makes sense. Um, so I thought they did a really good job. Also getting the Kobe Dean, putting him in a situation where 
he's going to be able to play exactly like he did at Georgia, talking mm -hmm. about the situation. No one talked about that big defensive line that he had in front of him. Probably a big reason why he had the success <laughs> he had. You put him in that defensive line out there behind a the defensive line in Philadelphia, he could do a lot of the same thing. So he's going to a very similar situation that will help you know, yield success for him. And Baltimore, just doing what Baltimore does, just taking good players every time, every year. And it's almost like we joke about Pittsburgh. You know, like last year, everyone had um, Pittsburgh pegged to get Pat Fryermuth and also Najee Harris, and they end up getting both guys. It's almost like the Steelers <laughs> and Ravens just send their picks in to the league weeks before, and it all falls their way. They're going to get who they get no matter what the speculation is. Um, so I thought, you know, the the Ravens did a fantastic job, especially in the first round with Hamilton and Linderbaum. Yeah, the, that was the team that I had right off the top that came to my head, to my mind. And it's really you're right, though. Like it always it feels like the Ravens now in particular, like the yes, it feels like those picks are predetermined for them like months in advance. But it also feels like they always draft good players like they just and it's not even always like any like the superstar player because they're usually not picking that high. Right. But they always somehow are the recipient of the guy that falls that we're not quite sure why he fell, even though we saw him produce very well in college. Kyle Hamilton definitely fits into that. Um, and I, I can't wait to watch his career unfold there because I think that's a great landing spot for him. Um, very familiar with Tyler Lindenbaum here uh, in Nebraska, like him just being, you know, across the border over in Iowa City um, and being able to see his career play out. Um, and I know that that was a great uh, landing spot for him. They got Ojabo as well. Um, I know that that was a good pickup too, as you know, he may have to sit out for a while, but once he comes back, I mean, that's a top 15 type of talent um, that they were able to get. Like, that is, I thought that they did really really well um and I, and I agree with you on the um the eagles pick as well that they also got some really good players um and they used the draft to the best of their ability to be able to get themselves a wide receiver too um and one player that i definitely want to ask you about too that, that you know people around here definitely were rooting for to see where he would end up getting uh picked and that's cameron jurgens who the eagles also picked i guess when when cam was kind of coming out here and you were kind of studying him and, and kind of looking at him what did you think about him as a prospect then i guess were you surprised at all that the eagles picked him in the second round not at all. I thought the Eagles probably were going to, in my mock draft I had on CBS, I had the Eagles taking Linderbaum with one of their first-round picks, one of their two first-round picks. So I knew they were going to probably get someone because Kelsey can't play forever, right? right. And, you know, so they got to get someone in place. And so Jurgen's someone that is athletic. When you have an athletic center that's so quick off the ball that can get out and around on pulling plays and things of that nature and can climb to the second level, your playbook is entirely open. Right. And it's a perfect fit for a team like Philadelphia that does a lot of east-west running, a lot of, you know, inside zone as well. You have a mobile quarterback. So now you can get him out on the move along with your center. The entire playbook is just, you know, right there at your fingertips. So it makes sense for them being the team to go get Jurgens. And I thought that was a really good pickup because, again, he's athletic. He's eager to get to the second level. Um, he gets good contact power, got a good initial punch. So a lot of things he does well which is why Nebraska had some success in running the football. He's going to fit in perfectly, I feel like, with, with Philadelphia.
Yeah, absolutely. I think that, and, and then having the ability to, because we, we already saw that clip of Kelsey, you know, saying that he really liked Jurgens. He thought he was the guy that reminded him most of himself. Um, and he kind of helped the Eagles kind of scout some of these centers. Like having that type of buy in from the vet on your team is going to be real impactful, too. You come in and you kind of get under his wing and learn from him. Um, I think that that's a great thing. It'd be a great situation for Cam um, to go into. And he's got a, an, an interesting connection because his former offensive line coach, Greg Austin, Austin um, spent time with the Eagles as well um, and was an, uh, an assistant coach there at offensive line, assistant offensive line coach before he got back into college as well. So there's some familiarity with the franchise too. I just think that that's a really good landing spot for him. Now, if you look at the, the flip side of that, um, uh, was there somebody that you go, man, they, they kind of made me scratch my head after looking at what they did overall? Well, I, I feel like since 2020, every team has done – really well i feel like that pandemic draft kind of forced everybody to realize less is more okay. and they just focused on the tape and since 2020 or from 2020 to you know where we are now i feel like everybody has had really good picks <laughs> it's like man that's a that's a solid pick that's a, it makes I, mean, I, I can see that yeah right I can see that. Be, prior to that everybody was like going off the wall because they had too much information um but i always go back to the steelers pick uh with the first round pick with kenny pickett and it's not a knock on Kenny Pickett, the player. It's a more so of questioning the Steelers' comments about Pickett in the process. Pickett has been playing football at Pitt for five years. So the first four years, he was kind of, you know, mediocre, kind of average. Showed a little bit of skills, but you could clearly see, at worst, he's an NFL backup quarterback, right? right? He had a statistical year this season at Pitt. Um, Jordan Addison, someone that that is going to be a first-round pick next year, you know, the stats look bloated, right? But he's been playing football for five years, and he has been the same guy. Even this year, he was the same guy that he was the pre uh, previous four years. But the Steelers' comments were, oh, you know, we want someone with a lot of starts. Okay, cool. Let's let's put a pin in that. A lot of starts. That play a lot of, of football. Let's put a pin in that. You know, he has been productive. He can step in right away. He's most pro-ready. Okay, cool. To me, oh, they want somebody that's athletic, athletic too. To me... All of that says Desmond Ritter, who's younger, more athletic, played a lot of games, played in some significant bigger games, mm -hmm. uh, got his group of five team to the college football playoff, probably should have beat Georgia last year in the Peach Bowl, and he has bigger hands, less likely to turn off the turn over the ball. We saw Pickett turn over the football mm -hmm. at Pitt, uh, which is why he wears two gloves, but we saw him have issues with fumbles. So if all of your reasoning for Pickett is why you chose him first. Why wouldn't Ritter be that guy when you saw him play more significant games and have the consistency that we saw this year from him? He's been playing like that his entire career. You know, right. you know, Pickett really just had one good season statistically. So I felt like if you're going to – it's not even about Malik Willis. So I always want to ask, you know, in a moment of clarity, in that room, did it come down to Pickett and Ritter, if that's the case, okay, that, I, I'd rather that be the discussion than pick it over an, an upside pick in Malik Willis. Because right now, is Pickett better than Trubisky? You know, and then in round seven, you take Chris Oladokun, who started at South Florida, then moved to Sanford, then came off of, of a really good year at South Dakota State, who is athletic, can make all the throws. Right. Has played in big games, played, got it, got South Dakota State to the playoffs this year. Um, he is he better than Pickett? 
and, and, and if it's a true competition, will you say, you know what? Is it a Gus Farrat Heat Shula situation where you say, you know what? We may have chosen this guy first, but the guy we chose in round seven may be better than our first round pick if it's a true, honest competition. So that, to me, that whole situation just seems a little bit weird. And it's going to be interesting to watch this whole, uh, you know, quarterback battle between Trubisky, Pickett, mm-hmm. if Odokin gets legitimate reps. If that if that's the battle, yeah, it's going to make the team better because the, the best guy will come out on top and, and would have earned it. But I'll be fascinated to watch this whole thing, uh, you know, take course. Man, you cannot be afraid. One of the things I always think about, and this is in in sports in general, and it feels like football in particular, this happens, especially with draft picks. Um, Recruits are kind of the same way, you know, going from high school to college. You cannot be afraid to me as a coach to say, okay, the guy that we thought or we projected to be the best of this bunch at a certain position is not getting it done or he's not what we thought he was going to be. And the guy that we got or thought less of coming in is actually better. You can't be afraid to play that other guy, right? You just can't be afraid. And you see it. You see it all the time. And I feel like you see this a lot, especially in recruiting. When you come to, like, our guy, quote, unquote, right? When you have your recruit that you brought in or you might have had a holdover uh, from the previous staff and you really want to get that new guy a chance, but it turns out that the other guy is actually better. Because what ends up happening to me in the end is, say, Mike Tomlin ends up having to play Oladokun, right? He wins that job down the road and he plays him. No one's going to, or not a lot of people, are not going to say, oh dang they really messed up with Kenny Pickett they'll say oh they figured out a way to get the most out of that guy they'll still give you credit right and I think that sometimes people get the ego gets in the way and they don't want to end up saying you know we messed up on one way or the other but that will be fascinating to watch and that's even kind of forgetting even though as a Chicago Bears fan like Mitch Trubisky is Voldemort around here like I don't want I don't want to talk about him but like that's even before saying like when you draft a guy in the first round at quarterback he should be able to say, yeah, he's going to come in and start over Mitch Trubisky. Like, you should get that. I don't think you got that in this case with with Kenny Pickett. Um, And it's so interesting because there's also – there's Nebraska tie there too because his offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, um, who was just over at Pitt, now with Nebraska. And Nebraska is trying to get some of whatever he did with Pickett in this final year and kind of bring some of that magic pixie dust over here and see if they can work that with Casey Thompson, the transfer from Texas. And so it'll just be – It'll just be really fascinating to watch that battle while, oh, by the way, you have to be the guy to follow a legendary quarterback at that um, in that place. Like that's just going to be a real like they've made that into a really big storyline that I think everybody's going to be keeping an eye on um, when training camps open up. Yeah. And you now to their credit, they have increased the athleticism in a room with, you know, with Pickett, Trubisky and Oladokun, which means Rudolph is an odd man. Now they're probably going to ship him off. But at least you have increased the athleticism. But now you put yourself in a position where you're in a division with Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson and also Joe Burrow. Who's out that trio that I mentioned for Pittsburgh gives you the best chance to compete with those guys. And Pittsburgh, to be honest, they killed the rest of the draft. I mean, they they did a fantastic job just knocking it out the park with the talent they were able to acquire. They got George Pickens, phenomenal receiver. You got two oak trees now on the outside, him and, and Claypool, you know, and you got a good running back in Harris. You got a good tight end in Fryermuth. The mm-hmm. offensive line is going to be improved. So if it's a true competition, and I, you brought up a great point in college, you see it all the time. You get the, the five-star, mm-hmm. highly-touted recruit. The walk-on is actually better, and you just like 
you know one no one wants to say oh well we blew it well man your job will be tied to your win loss record you better right. admit that hey we blew it this dude is clearly better let's play the better guy yeah, absolutely. Like I'm always like, just put the ego to the side and just because you can. T- the thing you, I always say, you can take credit either way. So I don't understand why you don't just do it. And the it. team knows that the the players know, right? Man, That's the other thing. You better. do not want to lose your players by playing the guy that you're trying to like just shoehorn in there, um, because they see it every day. They see it more than you know. The fans will ultimately see it because they see it every day, right? I will say this too. We we saw it. We saw it in Seattle. With Russell Wilson and Matt Flynn, they paid all that money mm-hmm. for Matt Flynn. And Russell Wilson comes in there, it's like, hey man, we can't de- we can't deny this. And to a certain extent, although injury was involved, we saw it again in Washington with RG three and Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Now RG three couldn't stay healthy. They took Kirk Cousins in the same draft in the fourth round, and he ends up being what they wanted more so at the position than you know nursing RG three back to health. They were quickly able to get rid of RG three and move on from him, and not acknowledge it we just saw it uh two years ago in philly they drafted jalen hurts and was like you know what man this dude is clearly better than carson Wentz, who we took second overall a couple of years ago and he moved so if, if you just admit who if you play the better guy things will work itself out i want to tell you a story it's a story about a scandal broken relationships gossip rumors money corporate rivalry and a broom A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, it absolutely will. Um, and now, you know, I cannot like I can't let you go and get move on to the next topic without bringing this particular thing up. Because I got to get your thoughts on this. I, I mentioned I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Why why won't they just help my man Justin Fields out? Why why can't they now? And I understand, man. I I like the defensive backs that they took. Like I think that they could end up being good players. And I know you have to have other guys as well. But like, I, I, somebody needs to explain to me the rationale behind finally potentially getting your franchise quarterback right. And we're all excited about that, and seemingly not wanting to help him out. Like, can you talk me off of the ledge about what's happening with my Chicago Bears? Maybe they're going to get Debo Samuel. You know, like that's hey, I'll you take know. it. <laughs> if, if it costs me a first round pick in 2023, take it. I get Debo Samuel. You have Darnell Mooney out there as well, who has some chemistry with, with Fields. You got good tight ends or you got good depth. 
Um, so the offensive line should be improved. He's going in as the starter, so that should help improve his play. Instead of playing a yo-yo ball, you play with him last year, like, oh, we're going to put Dalton, maybe, I don't know, and then you put him in there, now we're going to take him. Like, now he goes in knowing I'm the guy, this is my team, and the offense will cur- you know, you know, um, create itself around him and his skill set. So maybe – Debo is the, the guy that Chicago has in mind, which would explain why they just bypassed some good options in at receiver uh, in the draft. Man, that, that, I would love that if that that is something. I would even if they are just involved and it comes out that they're trying to do it, um, I would be happy. But I think that that would be great. Um, we'll see. I like. I just I just want them to put Fields in a position to succeed. Like I because I, I, I you can already see a little bit of it creeping up. And oh, he doesn't have it. Like it's not going. Like can we give him give him a shot to actually be in a position that he could actually succeed in and have some targets to throw to? But we I'll be definitely keeping an eye on that. We'll see how. How it goes uh but every week we end the show with a segment that we call put them on blast where we basically put somebody on blast where they did something that they did or said put them on blast uh, i'm gonna go first this week and this week i'm gonna go with just again the I, I don't even know how to turn it just the haters like kind of the old guard or old school people following college football because we got this thing and you mentioned it, it's so funny you mentioned jordan addison the pit wide receiver um, who has been in the news over this weekend because he went into the transfer portal um, and the, the heavy rumors are that he's going to end up at USC. Heck, by the time this goes live, he might have already announced that he's going to USC. And part of it is tied to, reportedly, that he's going to get a large NIL deal uh, from USC to head out there. Like you mentioned earlier, he is a, a, a probably a first-round pick in a year. He also, as we've been talking about, lost Kenny Pickett, his starting quarterback. He lost his offensive coordinator and Mark Whipple. And it's a weird tie in because Keaton Slovis, the uh, former quarterback at USC, is out at Pitt now. So he got a whole spring to go through the spring with him, which I think is something that uh, we need to be talking about more because if you are Jordan Addison and you've just played with Slovis for this spring, lost your people, and then you're looking over at USC and you say, dang, there's Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, you'd go out there too. Stop playing. So all of the people that are like, man, this is what's wrong with college football. And, you know, they're driving college football off of a cliff and people are leaving to better their situations and just get money. Like y'all got to go on blast because they're, uh, well, for a few reasons. Number one being, College football has actually always been like this. It's just out in the open now. Like, I don't I don't understand, like, this this very recent phenomenon to where people think that players haven't been getting paid. Like, I'll let y'all in on secrets. This has been happening forever, right? And you've seen it. We've had documentaries full on 30 for 30s about this very thing, right? Like, it's always been a thing. Um, and so the fact that it's now out in the open and guys have, I think, that freedom of movement, I think that that's what people are really upset about is the transfer portal and the one-time transfer rule coming together with NIL to produce kind of a perfect storm of what's happening, but you got to get on board with the change. I understand that pit fans are going to be a little upset about this, but if you're a, if you're a fan of a team that's a big boy player in the game right now, I don't know how you could be upset about this. Like I started off saying at the beginning of the show, the big news with Nebraska and Oshawn Mathis uh, coming to Nebraska and picking Nebraska over Texas. That was a heavy NIL influence deal, right? You got to be willing to play ball within the new rules. So all of you kind of old school haters, all of y'all have going on blast this week. Yeah, and that's where I was going to go too because the <laughs> fact of the matter is stop hating. Point blank. If it was your son, your nephew, your cousin, um, you'd be all in for that player mm-hmm. getting paid. 
and it, they only raise the sink with basketball and football. Notice that, right? Right. Uh, you know, so that's another topic in and of itself. Um, so let this guy go out and get what's, what's best. We just saw Justin Ross go undrafted. We just saw Justin Ross potentially lose multi-million dollar deals because of an injury he suffered playing for free in college. So if you have the opportunity to maximize your your talent, um, your name, image, and likeness, your abilities at its highest point in college, do so. I'm all for that. There's no hate, you know, coming from that uh, scenario. Those kids deserve it. If you if you have, if we supposed to be a capitalistic society, right? Yeah, real funny when we get into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we supposed to. If you got, if you could get it, then you should get it. Well, he he can get it, and he's gonna get it. And I'm I'm happy for him. Anyone else that says otherwise is hate. Now they want to worry about the integrity of college football or college sports, man. Listen, if, if I just see, if I just saw what Jordan Addison is about to get from USC, if I'm Tennessee state, I'm on the phone right now with Oprah, like, Hey man, how much you like football? How bad you want to win? Because you Oprah, you're a billionaire. If I'm the Ivy league, I'm sitting back like, all right, let us get into this game as well, because <laughs> we have all the money. Right. All the university <laughs> of Chicago. I'm like, you know what? Let's get back into the Big Ten and, let, and let's toss our weight around because we got some change too. Let's make it fun. Let's make it fun. Stop yeah, it, stop, stop, please stop hating. Like that, I'm with you. Just we need to. <laughs> that could be the, the slogan of that. Will be the, the uh, title of the show. Just stop hating. I think we just stumbled into that right now um, because I'm with you. Like 100. Like I just don't like. We have got to just like. It's funny when we want to be a capitalistic society and when we don't. Uh, it, it, it is just an interesting thing that I think to me has made college football more interesting. I have I get it all the time in my mentions now for the last like two weeks about people saying that now that it makes them less interested in college football all this movement and it started with the coaches this offseason like it actually has made me more interested in the sport and maybe i'm in the minority on that no one bats an eye from 18 to 24 year olds making millions of dollars in movies you know as an actor or actress no one bats an eye from people making movies or making music and making millions from 18 to 24 you know while in college no one bats an eye, right? Right. Don't bat an eye with this. Let these dudes make money. Let these men and women make money. Again, if you have a big time billionaire alum, get on the phone, tell them get in the, get in the game, and let's compete. Yes, absolutely. Let's compete and let's see where the chips fall. Uh, that's going to do it for us this episode. Subscribe to the podcast everywhere you listen to them. Uh, rate us and leave us a five-star review. If you leave four, I'm inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that. Uh, make sure you're checking out the other podcasts on the Hill Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own podcast, the Varsity Club, Nebraska Press Post Game Show, and the Hill Varsity Radio Show. Also, make sure you're checking out the Hill Varsity YouTube page. Go over there, uh, like the videos up, subscribe to the channel. You can find me back on there with another recruiting question of the week video you can also get after us on twitter at greg smith hv and at football game plan it's f ball uh, game plan you can email the show at straight up breakdown at hailvarsity.com i will catch y'all next week a hood at media production